All of a sudden, the trade deadline has come into focus. And with the Giants playing well and in a playoff spot right now, the people want to know who, you know, what what are the Giants' biggest needs and who are the players who could potentially fill those needs? We'll get into it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there and hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. And coming up on today's show... It's a mailbag edition of the show, and we're going to get into a lot of different topics, but the trade deadline has suddenly come into view. Like All of a sudden, it's mid-June, and the trade deadline is a month and a half away, and so it really is time to start thinking thinking about, uh, at this point, you kind of have a good sense of what your team is and what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are, and for the Giants, the people want to know. Okay, so let's just jump right into the questions. SF Giants Jake asks, if you had to choose one, would you rather add an impact bat or a top of the rotation starter like Marcus Stroman, Shane Bieber, or Dylan Cease? And, you know, I'm going to, there's a lot of questions of like related to this. So I'm just going to kind of jump through them more quickly than usual. Sometimes I spend too long on each question. But just to straight up answer the question, I think right now that the Giants, uh, position player roster is pretty darn full and good. Like I've mentioned just in the last couple of days on the podcast and on Twitter, their position player group is third best in the National League, according to Fangraph's wins above replacement, which factors in offense, base running, and defense. And the only teams ahead of them in the National League are the Dodgers and the Braves. And so I think that what this team needs more is a starter. <laughs> like right now, they they basically have three starters. Despite all the depth they had before the season, it's Webb, Cobb, and DiScofani right now. And otherwise, you've got injured players and you've got players who performed so poorly that they moved to the bullpen. Uh, so yeah, definitely the, the starter for me at this moment in time. It could change. It definitely could change if Kyle Harrison comes up and establishes himself and if Alex Wood comes back and is good, if Sean Manaya earns the right to go back into the rotation and keeps up what he's been doing in the bullpen. But yeah, as of right now, for me, definitely a top starting pitcher would be a would make more of an impact for this team. Darius asks, with starting pitching being of significant need for the Giants, what possible targets could you see as a good fit for the Giants? Darius personally likes Shane Bieber or Lucas Giolito. So I think all the names that have been mentioned here, like 
SF Giants Jake said Stroman, Bieber, and Cease, and then you mentioned Bieber as well, and Lucas Giolito. So I haven't taken the time, just to be like perfectly clear, to look through each and every team's, uh, you know, I have not pinpointed targets to a specific degree. I know like, you know, Andrew Baggerly wrote a piece about Marcus Stroman and how I, I honestly thought that he, that was a great call. I do think Marcus Stroman makes a lot of sense. I know that the Giants pursued Marcus Stroman when he was a free agent and he had like glowing things to say about the Giants and their front office and their future. Uh, he is, he has a, uh, he can opt out after this season and if he doesn't opt out, he's got a $21 million uh, contract guaranteed for 2024. I don't know if there's a like buyout. There's not a buyout on an opt-out. So yeah, no, it would just be... And he he's having such a good year that he would be likely to opt out. But if he got injured, it's kind of like the Carlos Rodon situation. He's nothing like Carlos Rodon as a pitcher, but it's the same thing where he's got this one extra year that... He could basically it's all downside for a team because if he were to get hurt or something or just fall apart in the second half of the season, then you take on that risk with the extra year. But if he continues to be good, then he opts out. And so I don't know. I, I just think he does make a lot of sense as a target. And then in terms of uh, Shane Bieber, I think the Guardians are going to do what they can to compete. But, you know, I'm trying to see his arbitration status yeah i mean this would be a good time for them to cash in on shane bieber i'm talking about from the guardian's perspective given that this is his second to last year of team control next year is his last year and you know the value now when you could as an acquiring team you could get him for two playoff runs is much greater than if the guardians held on to him until next deadline uh so um, just looking at the numbers though for Bieber, I mean, he's kind of like he was a big strikeout artist, and there's some kind of alarming decreases in strikeout rate, and so uh, he's he's definitely a name to watch. But I'm not 100% sold on him, and I'd need to do a deeper dive. And then just speaking of some of the White Sox pitchers, because they obviously, I think that team is going to end up selling, and so you know you've got Lance Lynn. On the last year of his deal, you've got who? Who did you mention? You mentioned um, Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease. I don't think Dylan Cease is gonna get traded here, and the the price would just be astronomical because he's he's only making five point seven million this year, and he's got two more years of team control, and he's got like frontline starter potential. He's not having the best year, but last year the dude had a 2.20 ERA and was really, really good. Lucas Giolito has had his issues, so I'm not completely sold on him. And Lance Lynn has been kind of terrible, so I'm not sold on him. So I don't know, just uh, without doing the full research that would go into telling you which players I think uh, would be the best targets here for the Giants. I just want to say of the names that I've seen mentioned here so far, I think that Marcus Stroman just makes a lot of sense, especially given the fact that we know for a fact they pursued him just a couple years ago when he was a free agent and that 
uh, he just, he literally, he was like, I would love to play for the Giants one day, which is not really what you want to hear if you're the Cubs and you've just signed him. But, you know, he, he, he makes a lot of sense and he's a ground ball guy. Like if you have Webb, Cobb and Stroman at the top of your rotation, you're just like three of three of the most elite ground ball pitchers in the game and Stroman's having a really nice year. So that's that's a name to watch. Matt says, would you rather the Giants trade for a top three rotation piece like Stroman or a back end rotation guy and a good reliever uh, like Giolito or Stroman or Brad Keller plus Araldis Chapman or Michael Lorenzen plus, I never know how to pronounce this name, Lange? Yeah, uh, the the turtleneck closer on the Tigers and then or Patrick Corbin and Kyle Finnegan and Matt says I like the Corbin deal because we could we would have to give up nothing so for me uh I think that I mean their bullpen has been so good for they have the best bullpen ERA since May 2nd or something like that and they've just been rock solid lately and Luke Jackson is here and it's been really good and Ryan Walker has been good and so I, for me, I'm I'm top of the rotation piece rather than a mid tier starter uh, and a reliever. That's just for me. And finally, the last question: KHM says, assuming we make the playoffs, love the assumption. Do you think the current rotation could compete in a seven game series against other playoff teams, or do you think we need to add a top of the rotation arm? Yeah, I think the current rotation I would not feel great about in a seven-game series. Like I said, they only have three starters right now. And so, I mean, you'd have to put... There's injuries, yes, and like Alex Wood is coming back, but I don't feel great after Webb and Cobb. I wouldn't feel great about any of the other options right now. And so it's interesting you mentioned a seven game series because if you had said a a best of three or a best of five i would say they could probably pull it off but in a best of seven certainly you could you could find yourself like on the short end of the starting pitching battle and so yeah that's why at this point it looks like that's what they need more than anything so coming up in just a minute we're going to turn our attention to casey schmidt questions and the future at the shortstop position but before we do this episode is brought to you by bird dogs bird dogs are the most comfortable shorts on the planet and they look extremely good because i i actually received a couple pairs of bird dogs myself and put them on and and i just was blown away because you know they look really nice and you expect when a honestly when a pair of shorts looks nice like a khaki material that it's going to be stiff and uncomfortable but they have got this like stretchy fabric that is uh unbelievable it's like revolutionary and it so they're extremely comfortable and i hadn't looked at them in the mirror uh, so i walked out to my girlfriend in the living room and she says these are the best looking shorts you've ever put on she literally said that immediately and so uh check and check when they're the most comfortable shorts I ever put on, and then they're the best looking shorts I ever put on. And so typically, like I was kind of saying, if you want style, you're kind of going to be uncomfortable. But with bird dogs, you can be comfortable, you can wear them to the office, wear them to the golf course, wear them hanging out with friends. It's just a win, win, win with bird dogs. And if 
another win. If you go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB, you will get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com uh, slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, as promised, more questions and answers. A lot about Casey Schmidt and kind of the future at the shortstop position. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Uh, Everydayers, on Monday, we're going to be breaking down a three-game series in L.A. Uh, The Dodgers are not quite the same as they've been in recent years. They're a little bit vulnerable. I think they're going to call up kind of a really nasty young prospect to start tonight's game not 100% sure on that but their bullpen has uh, I think I was reading today has like the worst ERA that they've had in the since they moved to Los Angeles right now it's almost five and so uh, hopefully the Giants can take advantage offensively because you know this is a big series this is a big series and the Giants play the Dodgers tonight at 7:10 Pacific and you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app just search Giants Giants going by the way with John Brebia so expect uh Sean Manaya out of the bullpen eventually to to kind of be the bulk innings guy and they've had a lot of success with th- these games anyway uh, the next round of questions is kind of about Casey Schmidt and the shortstop position. And the first question coming from Sebastian, who says, assuming Schmidt may be the future shortstop, assuming that maybe the Giants are willing to extend J.D. Davis and Tyro Estrada, and assuming Matos, Luis Matos, will stick in center for years to come, where do where does Luciano fit exactly? That makes Does that make him a trade piece? for a top-tier arm. So I guess this isn't exactly a question about Schmidt, but it's about, um, I mean, okay, let's assume Casey Schmidt is the future shortstop, which, you know, more questions later on, we'll get to whether or not I think that's true. And uh, and I just want to mention, J.D. Davis has another year of team control, and Tyro Estrada has... Uh, three additional years of team control. So they don't really have to extend Tyro Estrada at this point. I would, I think these guys are extension candidates though, especially JD Davis with only one year left. He's, I mean, the dude has been rock solid and I would, you know, he's from the area. I know he grew up a Dodgers fan, but yeah, I like the assumption of extending JD Davis there. Uh, but Tyro, He's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. But basically, uh, Luciano, uh, a lot of scouts expect that eventually he would be a corner outfielder. And so there's no issue there, I don't think. And like if Schmidt did take over that shortstop role and and become good at it, and Luciano would never, I don't think, play second base. So Tyro doesn't really come into play. J.D. Davis... uh, you know, he could be like a full-time DH if Jock Peterson, Jock Peterson's only on a one-year deal, but J.D. Davis's defense has been good enough to justify him being an everyday third baseman. So yeah, uh, but yeah, Luciano could play corner outfield is essentially the answer that I'm going to give you there. Although, yeah, he could be a trade piece for a top-tier arm, but he's got such a high ceiling that I'm not sure. Like if you're getting like a Marcus Stroman, I just think a uh, Luciano is 
more is worth more than a rental of Marcus Stroman, essentially. Like, because he's having the year he's having, he's probably going to opt out. And so Luciano would be too much to give up there. Next question from Zach, who says, Casey Schmidt has been struggling lately. Do we think they are going to let him figure it out at the majors or do we or do we think they may send him down uh, to AAA to get more consistent at bats so i'm at the point where i'm kind of like in a holding pattern on this question uh the thing that he does is he provides good defense and like is able to give guys a break and for example jd davis right now is banged up and you can just kind of put Schmidt in the lineup and have him play his good defense and hit him towards the bottom of the lineup and try to figure it out on the fly. But, you know, if he just continues, that's the thing is like, he'll, he'll struggle, he'll chase, he'll swing a miss out of the zone. But then if you leave a pitch in the zone, he pretty somewhat consistently enough, like does something with it. And so, I'm not at the point yet where I'm just thinking, okay, he needs to be sent down. But if with more plate appearances, if there's just this huge tendency to be vulnerable to chasing just way too much, then yeah, it's a possibility that sending him down to give him consistent at bats to work on being more disciplined is definitely a possibility, but I'm not there yet, but it definitely could happen at some point. Mike Yastrzemski enjoyer says, not calling for him to be sent down or anything, but how much wiggle room does Casey Schmidt have? I imagine if he keeps not walking and his batting average continues to cool off, the Giants would have to make a tough decision at some point. Yeah, this is basically the same question. And I agree with you. Yeah, his walk rate, it's very rare to see someone with a walk rate under 1%, and his is under 1%. Uh, so it's not just about walking. It's just about the bat quality too. Like, uh, because yeah, I mean, he's just, he's got to chase less. And there was an article, I didn't read it yet, but about, it's a tough battle. Like sometimes, okay, you get the mindset, I'm not going to chase, but then you end up being too passive where you're, you're like just choosing not to swing kind of in advance, maybe, or at least you're just so determined not to chase that you end up taking strikes that you should be swinging at. And so it's tough and that's what he's working on. But like I said, like if he was a bad defender, it would be kind of a no brainer to just send him out and work on stuff. But the fact that he's so good and versatile defensively that you can kind of live with the offense, I think. And especially with JD Davis banged up. So yeah, basically the same answer there. Funky Duncy says, assuming Crawford won't be extended, is the combination of Schmidt and Estrada a solution for the shortstop position for the next couple of seasons, or do the Giants need to trade for someone or sign a free agent? And I just, like like I said, I'm not 100% sure. I think we need to see more of Casey Schmidt and see, can he make that adjustment? Um, and then defensively, like, we haven't seen enough of him at shortstop to really kind of see him get tested to his left, to his right, and we've actually seen some sloppiness, but it's it's a new position for him. I don't think they want to have Estrada there. I think Estrada just kind of entrenched at second base is a good thing. The sad reality is there aren't a lot of shortstop options in free agency, and so I think they've got some, some guys in the minors like Tyler Fitzgerald, uh, and then Marco Luciano is coming too. So 
maybe in house and but they're going to give continue to give Schmidt this audition. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to turn our attention to questions about Kyle Harrison and also the great Shohei Otani and if the Giants should either trade for him or go all in for him uh, when he reaches free agency this upcoming offseason. So we'll get into that in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel right now because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. What I love about FanDuel is the safe and secure app, first and foremost. You never want to be messing around with some betting site that you don't trust. But FanDuel, safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly. And I was just kind of browsing through today, and I noticed that the Giants' uh, odds of winning the World Series. There was Somebody on Twitter keeps asking me about these uh, odds that they're seeing for World Series odds. And for the Giants, they're at plus 5,000, which is implied odds of 2%. And I'll just say that uh, according to Fangraphs, which is kind of conservative here, the Giants' World Series winning odds are 3.4%. And so, you know, it's not double, but it's higher than what FanDuel is offering here. And so I would make, you know, if I, if I felt like it, a bet on the Giants to win the World Series at plus 5,000. I do think at the deadline, they're going to kind of aggressively go out and try to get somebody because they're highly motivated to make the playoffs. And I think that this team is underrated. Like I said, they're only behind the Dodgers and the Braves in terms of wins above replacement by their position players. The bullpen has been great. And if you add a big starting pitcher, then what weakness do you really have? So that's what I'm looking at today. There's no better place uh, to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. As promised, we are going to discuss more questions about uh Kyle Harrison and Shohei Otani, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, every dayers. On Monday, we are going to be discussing a huge three-game series in Los Angeles. I just really hope the Giants can find a way to take advantage of a Dodgers team that's just not quite the same right now as they've been in recent years. They're they're obviously, they've got Betts, they've got Freeman, they've got uh, Will Smith, and I think Max Muncy's kind of banged up but and has been really struggling. Um, and by the way, I don't agree with the idea that you should just like pitch around Max Muncy at all. So I could get into that, but there were, there were no questions about that, unfortunately. And the Giants play the Dodgers tonight at 7.15 Pacific, actually 7.10 Pacific. Catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So the next question comes from Seth, who says, if, if around end of season, feeling good about like a dozen guys with team control situations for a ways going forward. Webb, Kyle Harrison, Carson Wisenhunt, Camilo Duvall, Patrick Bailey, Lamont Wade, Casey Schmidt, Luciano, Estrada, Matos, McRae, Brown. And that's, you name a lot of intriguing names there. Uh, but then Seth says, gotta make an offer as big as anyone for Otani, right? And uh, yes, yes. I think 
why the heck not? The one thing I've said repeatedly about Otani is that he's half a pitcher. And, you know, I just question whether they will make that kind of commitment to a guy who is ultimately largely a lot of his value comes from being a pitcher. And like they wouldn't sign they seemingly didn't make serious efforts to sign Carlos Rodon or Kevin Gosman. A guy Kevin Gosman was good here, popular here, fit in here, wanted to come back, and he said they didn't even make him an offer. And he got a very reasonable five year, what, hundred and ten million dollar deal from the Blue Jays. And so that's where I hesitate. It's not about me saying I would hesitate. It's about me saying I don't know that they will go after a guy who is, you know, because he's ultimately going to get probably north of 10 years and and just huge money. And he's a superstar, probably the biggest superstar in the game right now. But um, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure that they will do it. I think there are other teams out there that are also – He's going to have a lot of interest. There's going to be a lot of competition. So I would not put the Giants as like the favorites here, but certainly they're going to be a team that will be involved and they'll probably do the courting and the whining and dining and all that. But ultimately, we're just going to have to wait and see. Aiden says, okay, I'll ask it. At what point does Kyle Harrison's walk rate become a red flag rather than the last piece of the jigsaw? At this stage, it's easier to project him as a reliever if he does come up but wins promotion suggests he's a bit further away than fans realize. So about that, I just want to point out that Kyle, like if you look at the overall numbers for Kyle Harrison this season, uh, he's pitched exclusively in AAA, and yeah, the walk walk rate is 18% walks per nine at 7.04 walks per nine. But in, you know, over his last, there was a start, on May 6th, in which he didn't walk anybody, which is actually the first, the only time all season he hasn't walked anybody. And I'll just point out that since then, he's made eight starts and not since then, counting then and then in, you know, until now, he's made eight starts and the walk rate is only 12.3%, which is still high, but it's like, it's starting to be in like manageable range in terms of walks per nine innings, it's 4.55. And Farhan Zaidi made a, you know, blunt criticism and said, you know, Kyle Harrison's walks per nine, he's walking over a batter per inning is what Zaidi said. But here over his last eight starts, 4.55, that's like almost exactly half of a batter per inning one batter every two innings. And so it's trending in the right direction. So over those eight starts, 12.3% walk rate. But before in the in six starts before that, the walk rate was 27%. So he's more than cut it in half since then. And so he's kind of trending in the right direction just over his last two starts even, one of which was last night. The walk rate is just 8.1%. And so I don't... I'm not no, I, I'm I, I'm not projecting him as a reliever. I think he's just gotta figure this out. Last year he in high A walk rate was eight point five percent, in double A walk rate was eleven point two percent. So there's no reason he can't hone that in. It's just for whatever reason it's been I think the automatic ball strike balls and strikes system has been a challenge because it's like kind of been tight and 
I don't know. I just think he he's trending in the right direction with this. It's just kind of been a long process and something he's got to work on. But uh, eventually, they're not going to just give up on him as a starter. So, and it's I don't know that it's a red flag either because it's trending in the right direction. Lance finally says, true or false? Kyle Harrison debuts before the Midsummer Classic, which is what um less than a month away at this point. I have to check the date because uh, it's a true or false question, and I'll just give a straight up answer. Yeah, the the All Star break starts on July 10th, and so it's amazing how this season has kind of flown by for me, at least. We are well less than a month away from the All-Star game. Uh, So I'm going to probably say false, but it definitely could be true. I don't know. It just kind of start to start. I think the last few starts have, you know, he pitched five complete innings, I think, for the first time last night. And that was a big milestone. So it's just that the All-Star break is really soon. Otherwise, I would say true. If it was like a month and a half away, I would say true. But the fact that it's very soon, I'm going to say false. But I definitely don't have a ton of confidence in that. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is on Monday. You know what's coming up. We're going to be breaking down a huge series in L.A. Imagine if the Giants could win this series, the momentum that they would have. They've got a tough schedule coming up, including the Dodgers now, and then the Padres, and then the D-backs, and then the Blue Jays, and then the Mets. It's tough. And so this is where it starts off. They just had an off day and ready to roll in L.A. The Giants play the Dodgers tonight at 710 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspic. K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening today. You are now Locked on Giants.